Sometimes you gotta go where everybody calls you gay. Do, 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 do. And even if you are straight, do, do, do. they don't really care, they're gonna call you gay. This is where you came, where people call you gay. You gotta go where the people call you gay. <coughs> Hi everybody, welcome to Agitator. Uh, not sure what all that was about. That's yeah, why a song playing. Does yeah. somebody leave an episode of Gumtown running in the background? Is that what, or I'm sorry, the Adam Friedland show. The Adam Friedland it's... show. No, I've never heard of that show actually. Uh, <laughs> today, that sounds gross. Come, come town. No, thank you. Uh, Maybe if it was called Lady Come Town or something. Yeah, but, now we're talking. Bro, trains are derailing left and right. Yeah, you got a city. train derailed, bro. You got a train <laughs> derailed about an hour from where you live. Uh, hopefully it doesn't do like it did in Ohio, where the government went in and blew it up. Um, the conspiracy theories around this shit are like I don't understand. I don't get, because right-wing Twitter is big on the conspiracies of the government is destroying, you know, chicken factories and egg factories, and now they're blowing up toxic waste everywhere. I don't understand what the, what the goal is to do. We're Just all going to gonna be superheroes. They want to turn us into bioweapons. That's what's up. I fuck that's with like that. the that's the beginning of all the shit, you know. You fall in a toxic waste vat, and now you smile weird and want to kill people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. uh, or you fall in a toxic waste vat, and now you uh, are really good at computers. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you basically you fall in a toxic waste vat, and you just all of a sudden have perfect liberal politics about everything because your brain is dead. That's a big so one. That's a big yeah. one. Sometimes, if you're already a superhero, you fall in a toxic waste vat and you come out the black gay version of that superhero. Oh, is that what's going on with uh, these superheroes out here changing colors and shit? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, he's not black, he's radioactive. (laughs) There's a little something that I always thought was like just a... I don't know. They kind of suck the fun out of it. Because I always imagined like a black Spider-Man. Before, you know, Miles Morales existed. I was like... Because they reboot Spider-Man probably more than anything else, from what I can tell. It's always back to the beginning. We're like, okay, he gets bit by a spider. And now he's shooting loads, you know, left and right. Making everything sticky. We get it. That or Batman. They do Batman a lot, too. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, your your parents were murdered. Maybe you should have done something about that and you wouldn't be, you know. Just be a normal rich kid. Yeah, pretend, to, <laughs> pretend to be poor. <laughs> like a normal you, rich guy. <laughs> yeah, you could just pretend to be poor. You could do DoorDash. Yeah, uh, for fun. It's cultural anthropology. That's what it is. That's what it is because you've got the MFA. I don't know what, you know. I don't know what these I don't know what these words are. It's a motherfucking ass. Ass. You've got the motherfucking <laughs> ass. <laughs> when people see that, they're like, "Damn, he got the MFA." So they reboot Spider-Man. Uh, well, I would. I always wanted Spider-Man to be in Houston. He's like a. I mean, just because, just for selfish reasons. I was like, New York is gay. Spider-Man should be from here. Mm-hmm. He should mm-hmm. be kind of affiliated with the uh, whole screwed up click thing. Said it in the 90s. I could see that. Setting things back in the 90s is a good idea in general. They should reboot more stuff in the past before technology was a thing. Because I'm tired of characters texting in shows and they do that thing, like in Decision to Leave, where the, the, the bubbles come up on the screen. Yeah. And they're like, hey, how are you? Where, what are we going to do tonight? And then the text back is like, uh, I'm leaving you. 
and it's like, oh man, now there's text text drama. I'm so glad I turned this movie on so I could watch people text. <laughs> so I could watch people text on their phones. <laughs> so I could watch people text on their phones. It's fantastic. Well, you know, everybody texts. Yeah, everybody texts these days, and it fucking sucks. You know, it's I actually don't. Garbage. I have a quick solution to a lot of people, like writing tip. Uh, mm-hmm. Characters can do can be people who don't act the way you act, and I'm one of these people who like you text me, I'll text back three months later. Yeah, right. And I'll and I won't even acknowledge that it's been that long. I'll just be like, right. "Damn, that's crazy," or "Cute kid." Yeah. yeah, I'm guilty of that too, with people who text me. Uh, sometimes I feel like I should have texted back, but most of the time I don't really care because. I've always been a phone talker, and I will remain a phone talker, and the phone button is right there. And this idea of, well, I'll just shoot you a text, and it's more direct, and it's quicker, none of that is true. None of that is true. A text conversation takes forever, and you can't hear the person's voice, so you don't know what they mean. They text you, and they're like, hey, what's up, bro? And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? What the fuck did I do? Hey, what do you want to do? Hey, do you want to go outside? Yeah, I'm thinking maybe we might we might have an outdoor agitator today. Let's go. Give the people what they want. They want that ambient chirping and man, we should have been recording yesterday. I, uh, finally fixed my car after a month. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you could have just recorded with the sounds of you being a mechanic? Yeah, being being a real man. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. the show needs more of. Real man. <laughs> man, what should I what should I do on this episode? Do you want me to shoot a gun? I'm holding a baby right now. Yeah, go out you should. like a go out and shoot somebody. Um, yeah, bro, what are you doing behind the TV? Get out from behind the TV. It's not even where the fucking screen is. Maniac. Uh, yeah, so um, where we're at this week, I am uh, cleaning out the inside of my Alpha Smart writer. Uh, it's one of those things for listeners, if you don't have one, it's, a, it's just a keyboard. It's what we might call primitive technology. It's a keyboard with a little screen, and it's just for writing. You just, you just tap on it, and words appear, and sometimes it just deletes your whole shit, but... I am in, actively in the process of disengaging from social media and the internet in general and trying to get back. Not necessarily, this, this doesn't count as analog necessarily, but you know, I'm holding my Tascam and I've got my Alpha Smart and I've got my notebooks. And I think, well, okay, so I did some math, right? I said, how, how long would it take to have spent an entire year? of your life on social media. That's all social media. That's MySpace, Facebook, and Twitter. And turns out over 12 years, if you do two hours a day for 12 years, uh, that's one full year of your life on social media. And I thought, God damn. Because I know there have been some days, not recently, but there have been some days where I have been on that shit for hours, way more than two hours. I know, oh no is right. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. So if I'm not, if I haven't hit a full year yet, which is hard to believe because I got MySpace when I was like 14 or 15. So more than half my life already. Bro, that shit chilled me to the bone. Chilled me to the fucking bone. A year of my life spent staring at a screen talking to text. Not even real people. Because nobody's real on the internet. Nobody's. There are you, me, doesn't matter. Nobody's actually real on the internet. Nope. So you see sci-fi dystopias where people have VR headsets on, and it's like, oh, in the future, this is uh, this is the way people are going to be. They're going to live in virtual worlds. Well, I have definitely lived over a year of my, bro, thirty-six years on this planet, and at least one full one thirty-sixth of my entire existence has been on social media fuck this bro fuck that yeah, fuck, no, thank fuck you. that fuck that I can't do it 
I can't do it anymore. Probably more. Honestly, probably closer to two. Probably closer to two. That's like... Damn. Yeah, it's... If you hit three, you should just, like, seppuku yourself. Speaking of? Like what they're doing with the old folks in our home country. In our home country of Japan, there is a philosopher who wears funny glasses. One of them, one of the lenses is circular, the other one's a square. That's how you know he's a genius. (laughs) He's like, I don't, I don't even comprehend shapes the way you mirror mortals do yeah one lens is to see reality the other one is to rotate a cube in my mind at all times damn the he teaches at yale and he said something to the effect of japan's uh elderly crisis because there are too many old people and literally not enough young people to take care of the old people he said well maybe maybe they should just commit seppuku and this has since been retconned as a a joke kind of a jonathan swift uh indecent is it indecent proposal that's the movie where the guy fucks the other guy's wife yeah yeah what was he's like hey i have an indecent proposal and he's like how about i fuck you yeah i'm like damn that's a pretty indecent proposal (laughs) that's that's no, a, a modest proposal, I think, is the one I'm thinking of. The one that came out back in the day, back in the, you remember the uh, the 1800s, maybe the 1700s, where the guy said uh, the problem, like we should eat Irish babies. I want to say was the thing. Oh, okay, yeah, I've actually, the sat- yeah, the satire. Uh, yeah. I love satire. A good satire. <laughs> tell you, I love when people say that. Oh, this is just satire. It's like, okay, what is that? What is, is that, what is satire? It, it's, <laughs> it's satire because you, because nobody thought it was funny, and they got mad at you, so now it's satire. Yeah, it's like a satire. It's satire because you don't have to say that something's satire. You could just say, "I'm just fucking around." It's just a joke. Yeah. But it saying that something is a joke makes you sound like a joker. Nobody wants to be a joker, so they say, "Oh, it's it's satire." Anyhow, this guy said that they should all kill themselves, and frankly, I think that it's not a bad idea. If they want to, just let them. It's no big deal to me. I think that any idea that you have that ends with a bunch of people should kill themselves, I can see how you got there. I can yeah, see that's the worth logic exploring. behind it. It's yeah. worth exploring. Yeah, it's worth it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to commit. I will. I say that now. I <laughs> I'm knocking well, on wood because I was about to say I'm never going to commit seppuku, and it's going to be some mousetrap sequence of events in my life where it's like commit seppuku or you're gay, and I'm going to be like, no. <laughs> Shout out Ronan Trash. That Shout out uh, Ronan Trash. Yeah. Oh man, that last episode was or uh, chapter. That last chapter was so fucking good. Thanks, man. We're hitting it. We're hitting this thing. This is changing the whole way that I write everything because I started working on another book that is not Ronin Trash and that is not Dying World or God's Fair No Better and I'm writing it in uh, the um, the WordPress window there's something about the WordPress window I can just bang shit out in there Microsoft Word can't do it this alpha smart thing is more of a do this instead of social media type scenario uh but if I really want to get writing done, I got to open up a WordPress page. It's the strangest thing. I think maybe because it's so huge and right there, it's like mm-hmm. you start typing and the words start filling up the page. Whereas Word has always bugged me because it takes forever to get to the bottom of the page, and I'm not influenced or inspired at all by like just a sheet of white. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hang on, my my son turned it. This up. Let's go outside because you clearly you don't even want to watch TV, which is fine. No, you don't want to watch it though. It's like you don't even want to watch TV. I, I keep oh. turning it on. I keep turning on a show for you. You keep turning it off, and you know exactly. He's almost two years old. He knows exactly what he's doing. He doesn't want to. He, the thing is, is that he doesn't have the faculties to tell me what he wants to watch. 
but so I have to play this guessing game. I'm like, do you want to watch monster trucks? And he can't. He doesn't just tell me like, no. He goes oh, over and yeah. starts hitting buttons. Yeah. And what I'm worried about is that we have a PlayStation, and we got a PlayStation store, and PlayStation does not give refunds. If you if you click buy, it'll give you one screen that says, are you sure? And if you click yes, that your money's gone, bro. It's just <laughs> straight out of my checking account. And you just spent seventy dollars on Babyrella three. Yeah. That's the excuse I'm going to use when I'm playing Hogwarts Legacy. No, I'm go. not, I'm not transphobic. It's just that my son bought it, and he's transphobic. So, Oh, is Hogwarts a, uh, a slur? <laughs> yeah, Hogwarts is a slur. Because of the, <laughs> the, weird, the weird penis that you end up with. It's got some Hogwarts... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can see yeah, that. I can see that yeah. being problematic. Yeah, yeah. The person well, who came up with it probably didn't know what they were doing with that. So probably not. Probably we're just gonna not, say, though. you know, J.K. Rowling is is fine. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't hate on her mm-hmm. for not knowing. For not. But knowing exactly. I can I completely get it. I mm-hmm. I just figured mm-hmm. it out. Like Harry Potter is full of full of dark problematic shit. But don't dark, take it out on the author. Shit. Don't take yeah. it out on the author. She didn't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, wizards are already problematic to begin with. Right, because, because they they work for Satan. Well, no, I was going to say, like, what do you call the leader of the Ku Klux Klan? Oh, God. yeah. See what yep. I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Damn. So why would, you, why would you name your characters after the Klan? That's a problem right off rip. That's uh, why I don't fuck with it. That's why you don't see any uh, you don't see any black wizards in Harry Potter. That's right, that's right. That's the least racist thing about it. Because why would you have a, a black clansman? That sounds like a stupid name for a book or movie, whatever. Um, <laughs> sounds like a dumb idea for sounds anything. Sounds like a stupid, <laughs> stupid idea. Some hack would turn into a movie. Um, no, it's uh, that's another thing, dude. About getting getting away from Twitter is just you know i was telling you while i was taking a shit earlier um that i took my phone out i was like okay today i'm not gonna not gonna look at this thing and i sat down fully intending to go to pinterest to look up cool cyberpunk pictures and before i knew it i had tapped the twitter button and had already read like two posts on twitter and i thought what the what the fuck am i doing i just want to have some level of control in my life i don't have lofty ambitions for being perfectly ripped or perfectly healthy never drinking never smoking always just pure sober raw dogging life and you know and just like never look at the computer screen blah 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 but what i do want is is some kind of control i just need some kind of control over this shit yeah. And that showed me just how off the rails I really am when it comes to social media. For all the complaining that I do, and I have a whole segment on the Patreon called Fuck Twitter, but I'm still on that shit, bro. For nothing. For no- for, it doesn't do anything. It, it, I'd never see anything cool on it. <laughs> and yet. But you had a good theory about why. Uh... Oh, with all the disaster porn shit, yeah, no, definitely, 100%, like, um, because we've had in the past, what, three days, a train, uh, two or three train derailments, like, three, yeah, Mm -hmm. Ohio is the new, is Chernobyl part two, uh, Mm -hmm. right, you know, down the block, we just had fucking another... I guess chemical train. They said a Union mm-hmm. Pacific. I didn't know that Union Pacific carried chemicals on it, but hey, maybe I'll stop playing chicken with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wasn't me. It wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Somebody, mm-hmm. somebody ran into that bitch though, and all these balloons, UFOs, whatever. People scared of balloons. Uh, it's. It's it's all a psyop to get you to stay inside. It is a psyop to get you to stay inside. The same as COVID was. 
I mentioned earlier what the point of these disasters would be, but I think I think that if there is one, that's got to be it. To keep you afraid, to keep you inside, and to... It's all investors at the end of the day. It's all people with money. And a lot of rich people have made a lot of investments in technology, applications. I know Elon Musk has to start turning a profit on Twitter. Uh, I know that these people who invested all this money in you know, fake mead and they want you to buy it. So, you know, maybe that's why they're blowing up the chickens and the fucking eggs and shit. Because then you can buy their, their fake shit. Where are you taking me, buddy? Where are you taking me? Is this going to work today? Is this... I might act, I might actually... I don't know. I'll do my best, but... He's, uh... Oh, you want some hash browns. I got you. There you go. Usually when I record, he might make some noise, but he he's... You know how kids are. One day they're one way, and then it's like mm -hmm. they evolve like Pokemon overnight and become a new version. And he's becoming a little guy, which is fucking cool. I mean, he's counted to ten. He's doing his ABCs. I'm enjoying the time that we spend together a lot more than I have over the past year. But the side effect of that is that he's he wants to hang out. You know, <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't just want to sit around and do nothing. He wants to actually play. So, that's another that's another solution Rome, so. yeah yeah and they evolve they evolve same as pokemon and how they go through certain stages where you're like that's a kind of gay evolution and then they get the next stage and you're like okay that's cool uh-huh it's yeah. the yeah kids are yeah. like that you're like what is this i ask Rowan all the time i'm like what is this evolution that you're in right now <laughs> can you like can you level up bro yeah it's time to level up so um I think we covered all the current because we are a current events podcast now. We, we are, are current to get, events podcast. We're also a lifestyle and wellness podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Get off, get off of social media. We're not even joking. We're not even joking. Like everybody I'm literally says, not it. joking, dude. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Get joking. off. Get it's, off. It's it's time. It's when people say things like, "Hey, maybe you should make some adjustments to your lifestyle and not eat." Fuck, I don't know. Like not eat Twinkies every day or something. We're lowering the hammer on that. Like put throw the whatever Twinkies you have left in the house, throw them away. Cut your losses. There's no reason to be on there. Uh cuz everybody does this. Everybody does this. You saw this in mass when Elon Musk took over Twitter and every libtard writer did their whole speech about how like, well, I'm leaving it. I'm going to Mastodon. They're mm -hmm. all back. They're all back. And why are they They're back? all bad because all the, uh, the conservatards are like, oh, I need to lock my account, but okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Oh, I should buy a blue check? Yeah, I'll pay for that shit. Hey, people mm -hmm. are seeing me. Dude, conservatards have been taking L's the past few months. <laughs> big, big L's, left and right. This is why we're men without a country. We are not an alt-right podcast. We are a health and wellness podcast and a lifestyle podcast and a fucking current event show Japanese history we, we are not doing the 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 because po politics you know what's weird dude politics is just Twitter it's just Twitter so if yeah. you 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 can't but you can't type like I don't care about politics into Twitter because you just did politics you see what I'm saying yeah yeah you have this uh, really smart framework for the whole thing and yet we're all still posting. We're all still posting. I think that I think it, I'm just done. But well, to get back to what I was saying, because people who tried to quit, they they basically said, uh, you know, well, I can't leave because this is where all my this is where all my fans are. I think that it's I probably I've been staying on Twitter because I have, I'm followed by Grant Morrison. That's it. That's <laughs> that's why I stayed yeah. for as long as I did. But that feels cool. It feels cool. He doesn't see my shit. I've never had any... Well, I've had like two posts liked by Grant Morrison. That's his intern, bro. He's not on fucking Twitter. Grant Morrison's not on Twitter. But I, I just... It's time. It's time to just cut... Like, whatever is in the con 
is so outweighed by the pros of, of quitting that I don't I really don't think it's uh you know when I first left Facebook I felt kind of like a ghost because I had known all these people on there and there were negative effects from leaving Facebook my book sales dropped uh, well to be fair my book sales were already dropping they dropped because Facebook. Facebook started changing yeah no social yeah. media like every time we look at the statistics for all the shit we do whether it's the bestseller substack or it's where people come to the patreon from or it's uh the down like the link clicks for the you know spotify and all that shit it two percent is the highest number i ever see of traffic from twitter you know what you're right you're actually right and the patreon shout out to everybody who's on the patreon right now uh every day when i look at that and i see new people joining with their i'll try to sometimes just because i'm curious i'll try to go find them on twitter and i can't find half these motherfuckers on twitter i I don't know i think what's really happening organically is that people are going to spotify or to apple podcasts or whatever they're typing in the the name of whatever movie or manga we're talking about our podcast comes up because a lot of people don't talk about the things that we talk about they listen to it they like it they find out that there's a patreon patreon.com forward slash agitator and they just fucking go sign up that's what it's, happened. it's pure yeah and then you know out and about uh i've taken much more value in people outside this is another like get a psa to get outside if you want to succeed in anything if everybody in your city fucks with you you're set case in point zero biggest rapper in houston do y'all know who zero is probably not he's a millionaire he drive he drives around in lamborghini like yep. you don't need to know who he is you should nope. you should go listen to him that shit slaps one of the greatest rappers of all time Agreed. i hate you bitch but mm-hmm. uh yeah if you even got your city on lock or whatever like you just people people aren't online i mean there's people in japan you know it's a sure there's i send books overseas frequently uh people are balling in the uk i guess and will pay 50 dollars for my <laughs> novella <laughs> but uh shout out matt neil hill love you bro yeah shout out another another dad getting mm-hmm. it out the mud uh yeah i love this i love this idea of you the way you put it was so perfect right there if your city fucks with you you're set that is such a good way of looking at things because let's take the let's take just places that you and i can reach with a quick drive oklahoma city dallas austin houston el paso I mean, basically Oklahoma and Texas, right? It's a, it's mm-hmm. a geographically, it's it's pretty wide, but like, you and I can go, like, can make a, a schedule when the kids are a little bit older, and we can go around Texas to different comic book shops, and just be like, is it cool if we just put up a poster in your yeah. window? You know what I no, mean? Like, that, yeah, that's exactly what. Uh, shout out our two paid subscribers from fucking azels shout out the bartender like and that dude who was sitting at the bar like because we've got the dope that just sells it's just about being like hey this is our thing and <clears throat> this is what it is You're like oh bet that sounds cool and then mm-hmm. i'm gonna buy that like it's just yeah it's, yeah it's sale, like, it's sales one-on-one. <laughs> yeah how many people how many followers do you have on on twitter five five i don't know yeah it it doesn't it doesn't matter because real people who like real like you know what's funny too dude you're making so many things click in my mind right now but like the people who would fuck with us the most are probably like gamers you know gamers and anime people yeah because they're vile they say wild shit (laughs) and they uh, say wild shit yeah and gamers aren't on social media because the games are their social media so our audience 
oh man you're making so much shit click to me shout out all the gay people who like perfume nationals who listen to us we love you but we could just go on jack's show every six months or a year and re-up and say hi to everybody and jack and zach and rare can see it's that's the other thing too is like if you think about uh each of us as having little outposts of of listeners and then we we visit each other and we can have some cross-pollination that way but like i don't need to do sports commentary or covid commentary because rare candy does that shit you know what i mean and they got they got that audience on lock so we can mm-hmm. just show up talk about sphere i'm gonna go on and talk about no country for old men oh yeah yeah and uh and then we're good man this is so fucking smart but yeah if we just have this geographical region you know south central america physically on lock get the gamers on board out here (laughs) tell them about the third place right like hit up sam be like hey bro you want to you want to advertise like we can get a third place poster too and just put it up you know because people would see that that striking image of kakihara with agitate it's like a podcast about about anime manga and japanese cinema people would and then a little qr code that people can mm-hmm. scan takes them to the spotify page or whatever bro we just figured it out live on the air this is like this is what we do no more no more online shit at all it's pointless yeah yeah that's what we do and anybody like especially once they see the logo we were talking about so i'm gonna just pitch this and if anybody can draw it before i do uh Mm. before i take a crack at it send it to us uh we'll we'll give you something we'll give you something we'll give we'll we'll we'll, we'll, i'm not gonna throw a number out there but but we'll give you we'll give you something yeah i'm not gonna say i'll pay you but i'll give you something (laughs) uh at least at least you're honest well that's another hack if you want to make money stop giving people money um yep damn but the pitch what was i saying yeah the logo uh man too many good ideas it's like is this is this okay for one episode fuck it so the uh so david and i we're i'm me because i'm how you know i'm beautiful covered in tattoos i'm captivating david let's do the jacked david but anime us you're gonna have like anime versions of us chilling on a couch we've got the crushed Michelob ultra cans we've got uh the berserk sword yeah assault rifles berserk sword hanging out behind the couch we've got uh phoenix in one arm rowan throwing something at my head Gus standing on the table with a bowl of spaghetti over his head. You could throw our uh, throw an Itchy the Killer poster up on the wall. Uh, what else? Maybe like a maybe like a Tetsuo like sort of iron tentacle thing slithering right. across the floor. Right. And uh, you know if you can work in like a Nakira motorcycle in there. You know, not not telling you how to do your job that you're not getting yeah. paid for, but you know yeah. that's the, it's just whatever you could squeeze in there. Yeah, the it needs to fit in a. It's, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. It needs to fit in a square to to go on Spotify as our logo. Yeah. Really dense, kind of like the way the Tim Dillon show looks. He's sitting at a desk. He's a cartoon sitting at a desk, and in the background, there's all this shit going on. So, yeah, I mean, if you're on Spotify, you you might see some of the detail when you call up the episode and you're looking at it. But, like, the density of it doesn't really, you know, we're not going for the simple logo. We want something that looks really intricately detailed. The long and short of it is, yeah, we're sitting on a couch in a kind of dingy trailer-like atmosphere with our kids raising hell. But, like, shit from the stuff that we talk about is just everywhere. So, like, Kelby was saying, the gut sword and the fucking 
you know, a Tetsuo thing and get you the killer poster and what have you, what have you, what have you. But yeah, so that's the pitch. Damn, Agitator's gonna... But it doesn't... See, that's the thing. It's like every... The internet tricked everybody into thinking that you have to be inter- international, worldwide. You have to be a huge sensation. And by Mr. doing that... Worldwide. Yeah, by doing that, it's like every pizza store that opens up isn't trying to be Pizza Hut. Some pizza places just have like three locations. And they and make always badass the money. They make, they're the best and they make badass money. And if, like, if you're not from Oklahoma City... You probably like you don't know what uh, Frida Southwest is. I think there's only one of them, and it's expensive as fuck. It's where me and Rios go on dates and shit. But they don't. They, there doesn't have to be two or three. It's it's one, and it makes money. Yeah. If literally, if you are not from Lake Jackson, you don't know about the Wagyu sub at the bodega. Like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That shit is bomb, and it's fourteen dollars, and they're open. And yeah, constructions everywhere. You know they're they're still open. You know they're making bank. Yeah. They, they cater to smokers. They got the fake drugs in there too. So. Oh, let's go. That sounds good. Right. We're gonna go outside, cause this kid, this kid's been on one time. He's just he's just in a good mood. He's in a good mood. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do anything about that. Oh, yeah, he's got the paint now. Let's see what happens. See, this is the agitator vibe. Still haven't talked about the fucking movie. Um, Shin Ultraman It's really good. I really, really liked it. Yeah, Shin Ultraman is good. I've got some fun Ultraman facts. So Ultraman was huge uh, in the 1960s in Japan. It's uh, Eiji Tsuburaya. He worked on the Godzilla movies. I want to say he was costume designer is in the costumes he created Ultraman because he wanted some kind of positive uh, positive message type show like a feel-good show about an alien that fights monsters he invented a lot of different techniques I want to talk about that very briefly about the invention of film techniques and why these TV shows endure to this day because I was I put on a uh, an Ultraman compilation on YouTube. And I wasn't, of course, you know, you're not blown away by the special effects, but there's something uniquely charming about watching people, watching people invent shit. Uh, There was this thing I saw where a woman, it's like from a movie from 1918 or something. And it was like this young woman and she transforms into a hag in like one shot like you can see her face change you know so like yeah, she's pretty yeah you've seen that right you've seen that yeah i've seen that it's called like the story of the octopus or some shit like that but it's from 1918 there's no special effects but it looks fucking great it looks awesome and you I ever seen they- uh inferno from uh it was like the first italian movie ever made it's based off of the divine comedy i have seen that it's fucking scary it is wild it's- yeah. It's gen- genuinely creepy. Um, Nosferatu is another good example. So this old woman, she goes from looking pretty to having all these wrinkles, her teeth are missing, whatever, whatever. And I looked up how they did it, and it was so fascinating. They did the old woman makeup in a specific color of paint and then developed a specific color lens so that you couldn't see the paint in the beginning of the shot, and they slowly removed the lens to where you could see it right i mean that's genius i saw this 4chan post it's like a screenshot from uh from mist and the text was lol boomers actually thought that these were good (laughs) you having fun you big silly boy you know, maybe maybe have Rowan with a bowl of spaghetti on his head and have Gus like in his underwear just screaming in your ear. <laughs> get the bags under Davis. If whoever's drawing this, y'all gotta yeah. you know call yeah, up the pictures the... and shit. But like, get get the bags under David's eyes, right? I look I look really tired in every picture that I take because I am. You always look zen though. You're like, I got this shit. I do but got you do this look shit, like bro. you've been through the ringer. 
I do got this shit, which is why I'm so grouchy and I don't have any patience for people who whine and complain about shit. Just take care of your business. Handle your business. You're tired? Who gives a fuck? You feel kind of... You feel kind of... Your tummy hurts? Does your, does your tummy hurt? Oh. Handle your shit, bro. But, so this picture of Mist, this, this kid, whatever, he's saying, Oh, this is so funny that they thought... They thought this was good. And the response to it was... Imagine being a part of your generation and never knowing what progress looks like. Damn. I was like, oh, God damn. That's bars, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we got to take, like, we got to take it away from, from, uh, for the kids. We got to take this shit away. Yeah. That's yeah. why I, I said we need to just, just a quick EMP, you know, get like a couple of years with no electronics at all. The world would go completely nuts and people would kill each other for sure. But overall it would just be better to, to start like every every thirty years you gotta take a year or two off from from technology. Then you can start back up again. No big deal. Um because yeah, I mean like this whole idea I think that that, that 4chan post sums up so much about what's going on right now is that because special effects got to a certain point where it was a science. The six producers from Sweden who make 80% of the pop songs, they figured out the science. I was listening to a video game podcast today, and two of the biggest Steam games of the past few years, they're called uh, Valheim and V Rising. So like one's a Viking game, one's a vampire game. They came from the same small town in Sweden. Different developers, but the same small town. Meaning, to me that the Swedes can figure shit out. They just figure out how things work and then they can replicate that. You see what I'm saying? So like the Swedes figured out music, they figured out video games, graphics always look amazing. Uh, we were talking to Fella about this though and what he said was so true. It's like, but we're never gonna see a jump like we saw from PS1 to PS2 ever again. Right, yeah. Like every time I, I have the same little bit of being blown away because I don't game a whole lot mm -hmm. and so all of my gaming memory is pretty much the old shit and every time I boot up a new PS4 game I'm like because I'm a gym behind I'm not dropping a stack or <coughs> half a stack or whatever on a PS5 mm -hmm. but uh, I, I open it up and I'm like damn this looks crazy but it's the same I mean it's, it, it's at the same level there's no jumps yeah. it's just it just all looks crazy. It's like, damn, that's yeah, yeah. those that grass is really blowing. Didn't do oh, that yeah. in the first Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got uh, Doom Eternal for PS5 last night. It was on sale for thirteen bucks, and the graphics look amazing. But you you'll know what I mean when I say, but they look amazing in the same way everything looks amazing. It's like, yeah. oh, cool, like an insane level of detail, and. Even if you have something that is more artistically ambitious, like that game uh, Sable that I was playing for a while, kind of the, the cozy Dune style game where you ride around the desert oh, on a right. bike. Yeah. Uh, or Hollow Knight, or you know, one of these cool animation styles, you know that you know that they're not doing that based on a limitation, they're making a stylistic choice. And there's something about in any form of art, that's why Agitator has become as popular as it is there is something about the fact that we've got kids and lives and it's a struggle at times to rec to record these things and try to fix our cars and you know make sure that we have money for the rent and shit like that people like that and books are the same way but i mean people figured out the formula for books which is why also why people stopped reading until you and I came along and started reinventing the wheel. <laughs> That's correct. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people so, who are reading our shit are the people who... Every, I hear it every single time. They're always like, uh... Yeah, I, man, I haven't really read since, like, Goosebumps or whatever, but I used to like reading. And then they read yeah. my shit, and then they start buying all of it. Well, it's why people like YA... I think overall the easy answer is that people are adult babies I don't really buy that shit though because some YA has pretty crazy shit in it 
I think what people like about YA is that there's an arbitrary restriction on what you can do. And Ooh. I think that I think that that's what people that's what appeals to people about it. It's saying what are they going to do with these kind of self-imposed limitations and how are they going to make this story new and interesting? I this think is that, something Yeah. Yeah. No, you're on to this is something I was thinking about the other day specifically with YA because I don't read a lot of with new YA, YA, I wouldn't know where to start, and I wouldn't ask because I don't trust anybody's fucking opinion. But I reread all of S.E. Hinton's catalog. This is like a little-known thing about me. I reread S.E. Hinton every single year. I just fucking yeah. love Tex, Rumblefish, The Outsiders. Uh, that was then, this is now. They're fucking masterpieces. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about it the other day because I was picking Rumblefish up again, and I was like... This is a young adult book. How is this so good? Like, what, what is it? Because I'm not drawn to YA as a genre by any means. It's pretty much just these books. And it's like, maybe it is that. She can work within those limitations. And it's mm-hmm. like fascinating that she came up with these bangers. She, by the way, Agitator is a feminist podcast now. Uh, and she's, she's also an Oklahoma girl, so shout out to hell Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, and, and uh, Taming the Star Runner. I'm pretty sure that's the one where the protagonist's name, David. Let's go. Hell yeah. But it is those limitations. There's a big conversation culturally going on right now about sex in movies. And it's a bunch of kids. It doesn't... I don't get as bent out of shape as a lot of people do. I make fun of it, but I'm, I'm, I don't think that we're going to have cultural censorship of sex anytime soon I think that the uh, movies are mostly bloodless and sexless right now but I think it's coming back I mean you know you see Sidney Sweeney and Euphoria and uh, you know like anime is is all has always been horny uh, and people are but even <laughs> I was surprised I was surprised to see edge runners push it that far I was like damn <laughs> yeah yeah, they had a chick, like a robot or a VR chick, riding that dude, like episode one. Uh, yeah. Which I'm glad I didn't turn. I was gonna turn it on with Gus in the room because I'm like, oh, it's anime. It's a. And I was like, hmm. Oh, I wonder if they're gonna <laughs> have some titties flopping around. And sure enough, they did. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? I think that that conversation, you know, and you can get really into the weeds about. There's no sex in movies anymore, and but there's porn everywhere, blah blah blah, whatever. Uh, it's all dumb. But I think that what people are, what some people might be trying to say is that what they what they're saying is is that they feel like the sex in movies is like cheap. It's easy. It's like an easy way to catch your interest. I don't right. agree with that. But what I'm saying is that everybody's pointing to the same thing, which is. We're missing that component of art that feels like people are really struggling, you know? Like people say that they hate crunch in video games or these guys have to work around the clock or manga artists like, oh, isn't it terrible that they have to, you know, that Ichiro uh, Oda has, like, he only sleeps three hours a night to make one piece. No, no, low-key, people love that shit. They love, they love feeling the meta struggle of the art within the art itself and when something feels easy because everybody knows how plot works now you can manufacture a completely watchable 30 minute tv show no problem although rios was watching this one called los espookies on hbo and i found it to be so disgustingly just vile that i didn't want to watch it and i'll tell you why it's not vile because of its content. The way that the show is lit, everything is so bright in the show. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I I was like, it was kind of making me dizzy. I was like, I hate the way that this looks. Like, I can't, everything feels like it's sterilized in the show. And, and I, I, normally I don't mind if I can't tell what's going on. I mean, I'm a David Lynch fan. I like that shit. But in this case, in this show, I found it... Like, it just made my, just looking at it made my skin crawl. Anyway, digression. So, when you get back to something like Ultraman, or Shin Ultraman, 
you feel the human being making something because uh, the director of this Shinji Higami whoa yeah I wonder if he thinks that I'm talking to him and he's, he's trying like, to weigh in he's weighing in yeah yeah we call my notes up here because this is a, we take notes on this podcast now so the director directed by this, Christy Yamaguchi <laughs> Shinji Higuchi is the director and he worked with uh, Hideaki Anno on uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion as a storyboard guy and now he makes his own they, they co-directed Shin Godzilla he took Ultraman Anno's gonna take Kamen Rider next, uh, this year actually but he has a lot of the techniques that you see Anno do in Love and Pop where cameras will be taped to remote controls and the shots are fucking weird bro like, oh my god it never <laughs> stops it's it's like a uh what would you call that music that's like a is it trance mu- no probably not trance music i just listen to rap so it but it's like boom 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 house music yeah maybe like house music it's got that kind of beat to it where like they're just standing there talking they're in an office or they're in a hangar or something and it's just like the shots change probably 20 times per one minute scene Mm -hmm. and they make some really interesting stylistic choices especially with the old-timey sound effects for things which never feels they somehow managed to make this feel not kitschy or like they're winking at you it feels like an actual integration of these old style effects and sound effects into the new movie. Um, there's some great lines in the movie when these diplomats are talking to each other. They're always commenting on how, uh, well, when it was just kaiju, the U.S. just wanted to sell us weapons, but now they now they want a peace because it's this alien technology, which I thought was funny. And then at yeah. one point. When uh when the boss man figures out that Kamigara uh, is Ultraman, he has a line that I actually wrote down because I thought it was so funny. He says, uh, "My instincts are confused, but reason compels me to believe this is true." I was like, it's such a goofball fucking line, but I love it. Uh, but they have this way of um, you can once again feel the limitations. Higuchi in an interview said when they were making the movie, we immediately ran into a practical problem. We don't have as big a budget as those American, didn't have as big a budget as those American MonsterVerse films, so we couldn't really destroy the world like they did. We tried to compensate by coming up with a uniquely appealing screenplay and really interesting characters. Again, financial limitations. Marvel movies don't have financial limitations. You do whatever the fuck you want in a Marvel movie, and that's what makes them feel it's like playing a video game on god mode you're watching a movie on god mode yeah we've said it before too where like every once in a while you get a shot in the dark that actually hits the bullseye like mole song where you have a bigger budget and takashi Mike just puts all of his Mike isms into it and it's like damn give this fool more money this was great but then you've got shit like contact where you get that disney money and it's like Eh, no. Like, what are you doing? Somebody should have broken your leg or something, made it harder for you. Yeah. Speaking of breaking legs, this kid just busted his... I just watched him bust his ass like a cartoon character. He's walking around <laughs> holding his butt now. <laughs> What's up, Bubba's? Here, you want a hug? That was kind of scary, oh, no. wasn't it? No, you, you better hug me. Oh, no. You better not say no to hugs. No. You better not say no to my hugs. Oh, no. <laughs> he says, no. That's going to bum me out so much, dude, when he doesn't want to give me hugs anymore. I'm going to be sad. Uh, you just play, play it cool. I think you play it cool and he'll probably, you know. Oh, like I have to act like I don't want hugs, basically? Yeah, yeah. He'll want like, your I'll attention. Like, he'll be like, don't hug me. I don't want hugs. Yeah, deprive him of physical affection, and then he'll be the one (laughs) hugging you when he gets off school and shit. Yeah, if I I just start neglecting him, then he'll want to hang out more. You all right, buddy? Your booty hurt? 
Nah, looks like your booty's fine. What are you doing? There, there's a lot of fun, uh, why, why Japan, like, sort of existentialism going on here. Uh-huh. I heard that probably three times in the movie. They're like, why this country? Why Japan? <laughs> I'm like, damn, this sounds like it's calling back to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're uh, they're asking a lot of interesting questions. Why did the aliens come come there first? Why did they pick this this small island nation? Why do they always have all the kaiju? Like, what's 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 going on with this? And we know kaiju is a World War Two thing. Yeah, yeah. Kaiju means great monster. I want to say, or or big monster. Yeah, I think it just means yeah. Yeah, and uh, Shin, it's really interesting why these Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman, Shin Kamen Rider, so Shin has lots of meanings. It can mean new, god, or evolved. So it would kind of, like in America, it would be called, you know, Ultraman Evolved. So, but it's cool that it has those multiple meanings, too, because it's also, you know, I guess Shin Godzilla is kind of like calling it God Godzilla, which I think is funny. Yeah, that is fun. Well, it's like uh, when we call shit 2.0, it's a different frame of, it's a different mm -hmm. linguistic well that they're digging out of, which is why I think I fuck with Japan so much, is they have a more spiritual, existential, primal well to draw from, their concepts mm -hmm. and their language and everything, whereas over here it's mm -hmm. a very materialistic well. We call things 2.0, the upgraded, the new, the whatever, you know, because it's progress it's material advancement and over there it's like god evolved you know whatever yeah, yeah and i'm yeah. like i fuck with that a whole lot more yeah i like that too uh this interviewer asks higuchi a question you used what looks like motion capture technology for shin ultraman ano was also one of the models for ultraman's physical movements so hideaki ano made a student film in 1983 where he played ultraman and it was very postmodern. It had a very strange ending. There were a lot of hints about where he would go with projects like Neon Genesis Evangelion, and <clears throat> I guess not really Love and Pop, but all of his sort of sci-fi action adventures all have this Gnostic Christian uh, sort of eschatological bent to them. But he also does the the some of the acting, at least for Ultraman. And it says, why didn't you try on the Ultraman suit, too? And if you see a picture of Shinji Higuchi, the answer to that is very evident. But it's it's a fun, like, American <laughs> question to this guy. Like, well, why, you're a big fat fuck. Why didn't you play Ultraman? It's just <laughs> d dumbass USA bullshit. And then Higuchi, his response, he laughs and he says, as you can see, I'm far, I'm far from Ultraman's physical type. There was some talk about me playing a monster, but nobody wanted me to. Uh, and I just thought that that was... He was basically like, because I'm fat, motherfucker. Why do you, why do you think I didn't get to play Ultraman? They didn't um, even want me to be the monster. They didn't even want me to be the monster. Uh, Which, there's some cool monsters. Uh, one of my favorites is actually the first one. The one that eats electricity and yeah, then shoots it back at that. That one yeah. looked really tight. Yeah, the one that eats radiation was cool too. The way its head came apart, and there was another head oh, inside of it. Yeah, I thought that was pretty dope. I liked the uh, I liked all the creature designs in this. I like the the fact that the alien is just kind of a he's like a blanket in the shape of a thing. You know, like there's like there's nothing there's nothing to him. He's he's missing a back half basically. I thought that yeah was that really was cool. that was interesting because it's all about facade. So he only needs yeah. a front. Mm -hmm, it's all mm -hmm. it's all a front damn it's all a front it's that was all a, a real that was a deep contextualized character design there that's right and i think that a couple other things that i liked about ultraman i'd recommend everybody go watch it i think that it's such a fast there's it's basically three movies in one it feels like three episodes of a ultraman tv show uh kind of like jammed together with of course because it's higuchi slash ano it's got the the very mystical philosophical ending to it um but there are a couple of things that i really liked the first one was uh there's some great pop-out moments with uh, ultraman's hand like huge hand coming into the frame when you least expect it to like grab people and shit 
And uh, something that they did is when the character Asami, the the woman, when she gets blown up to be like a big giant monster size herself, there's something so strange about that scene because as she's stomping around Tokyo, her footsteps are silent. And I thought that that was really unnerving, that she's this giant creature that's making no noise. Yeah, that did make it, that that was an ominous little effect there because it... Uh... And she was hypnotized at the same time. Mm. So it, it was kind of like a hypnotizing effect that that had. Have it being so uncanny and not making any sense. Like, mm. buildings aren't shaking. Nothing is reacting to her being enormous besides when she, like, elbows that one building and then mm-hmm. h- high heel kicks the other. Yeah. All right, we'll call the episode. The, well, well, you said yeah, you got we got to say there. we got to say something else about the ending. Oh, that okay. ending, yeah, yeah. because the whole thing, you know, it's shot really cool in that Hideyako Ano back of like rapid frenetic uh, ADHD way of shooting things. Um, but then the end, mm-hmm. they come up with how Ultraman can defeat the. Uh, well, whatever Zoli, whatever the fuck his name the, was, the the Earth destroying robot that's gonna blow up the Earth. Yeah, the thing that is going to like eradicate all of humanity. It's not just some monster. It's like, uh, yeah, we decided Earth don't need it. Um, yeah. And he gets one milli- He'll have one millisecond of a chance to shoot his shot. So. Eminem's Lose Yourself starts playing and he's flying through the air and you get the counter pop up down on the screen and since they didn't have the uh, you know they don't have the Marvel budget all this crazy postmodern like ink blots and yeah, film grain old too. S- film grain old school CGI they just mix it all in to give like this feeling of chaos at mm-hmm like and panic at the end and uh i mean does he save the day tune in to find out but i i loved those effects at the end i was like holy shit this was worth watching i mean the movie's good i loved it but it's extra worth watching the movie for that insane ending and i will say that at the end it it ends on such a matter of fact philosophical point where they're saying something extremely heavy about human nature and the way the universe works, but it's put so just straightforward because it's two aliens talking to each other and they're having a semi-philosophical debate. I loved that ending too. And then it's just over. And then the movie just ends. There's, there's, one, there's one scene of the humans being like, all right, cool. And then it's just you know, roll credits after that. But I, you know, I think that, oh, he's <laughs> Gus started dancing. He likes to dance when I make up songs. Those dance videos are so funny. I watched him spin around and... Erica was cracking up because I showed her the one you sent where when he starts squatting up and down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're like, there you go. She started cracking up and was like, is that how David dances? <laughs> <laughs> and then you say, no, he's a professionally trained bachata dancer. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. No, little did you know, you know, you got served. That's based off of uh, that's based off David's life. background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, I can't even remember the point I was trying to make. Basically, just that I, I don't think... Everything doesn't have to end like that. Every movie doesn't have to end profoundly. Uh, but I really like it when it does. I don't... I like pretentious decisions. I think we need more of that. I think there's been too much entertainment recently that has settled for being good and something that follows the rules in just the right way and is very understated and the author disappears and (laughs) (laughs) you are so funny Uh, 
I, in my writing, I don't want me to disappear. I add more of me into it. Not like in a corny, you know, David sitting at his desk typing. But when I read, I want you to feel like me, like I am telling you a story. Uh, I think that kind of stuff needs to come back. You need to feel like a human being made it, especially with all this AI bullshit. That's why Cormac is on top. Yep. It's, be it's because you can, everybody can tell when he's writing wow. it. Oh my goodness. <gasps> Peekaboo. Oh, the animals are playing peekaboo. That fox is playing peekaboo. You're going to bust your ass, boy. You stand on a book on a wood floor like that. That's physics. Peekaboo. <laughs> You're too funny. <laughs> <laughs>